Bungled up in puffy down coats and armed with the six pairs of ratty socks we'd managed to scrape together, Jimmy and I trudged through the dick shrinking, see your breath turn to smoke unseasonably frigid night. All around us, snow fell plentifully, peacefully. It's a wonderful life, snow. We blinked non-stop to remove the falling flakes from our eyelashes, clumped along the highway shoulder, passing busted beer bottles, wrecked hubcaps, sheared off lug nuts and spent bullet casings laced in icy white. Those random glittery objects served as stars, the makeshift constellation leading us faithfully toward Madman. Once we reached the dirt lot across from his shack, I spied the surroundings. Had it been summer, the air would have been filled with the stench of street racer, burnt tire rubber, and the sounds of cranked stereos blaring from the muscle cars of those third lake denizens. That night, however, the accumulating blanket of snow tucked black water into bed made everything smell clean and sound so quiet. I shattered the serenity by calling out our signal. Julie's been working for the drug squad. Madman emerged from his shack. His flock of seagulls dyed blonde hair was tucked beneath a Santa hat. In addition to his usual Sex Pistols style jeans, he was sporting a McLeod era corduroy jacket and flash dance leg warmers, partially concealing his Doc Martens. Jimmy brushed a mess of curls from his snow-stung eyes to get a better look. What a freak, he muttered. I agreed. While there were tons of weird mutations being passed down from generation to generation in Blackwater, everything from radiation-linked cancers to a ravenous love of firearms, we had no clue what original mutation had created Madman. It was bad enough that he was in his late 40s and dressed like a pop culture car crash, but he was also buying the town's old socks. What twisted shit he did with them, Jimmy and I could never figure out. No matter how often we press Madman for an answer, he'd never confess. Sleezen's greetings, he said, his breath reduced to smoke as it met with the cold night air. How you juvenile delinquents doing? Jimmy flashed a thumbs up, Madman flashed one back, then he excavated a wad of grimy bills from his pocket. All right, Spicoli, he said, waving the dirty money in my face. You know the drill. Jimmy and I handed over the socks we had stuffed in our pockets. Madman examined each pair carefully, determining the wear, smell, and fabric. Another thing about Madman. He didn't buy socks from everyone. Some of the more bigoted and hateful redneck piney locals he steered clear of said their footwear was filled with bad vibes. As for our own socks, the ones we could spare from time to time. Jimmy and I at first figured Madman bought the dirty cotton because he was queer for us. He said no way. He just thought we had some righteous foot funk going on. Once Madman finished inspecting our socks, he said, 10. Forget it, I said, 15. Madman spit out a laugh. I was trying to be generous with the holidays and all, Spicoli, but forget you. He turned to walk away. Jimmy flashed me a look, slightly wide-eyed and open-mouthed. 
It was definitely an adult expression, but nowhere near as freaked as that guy in the Edvard Munch screen painting. Jimmy's look was code for, what now? I flashed my own worried look, we need booze. All right, I called out to Madman, deal. Once we made the exchange, Jimmy and I schlepped down to the liquor store. We convinced some guy hanging out front to buy us a quart of Rolling Rock and a pint of off-brand schnapps. Per the agreement with his parents, Jimmy stayed drink-free until returning home. Not me. The rest of my evening was spent like all those fallen snowflakes. The more I drank, the more I drifted along in a dreamy white haze. Even when I stumbled to the ground, my fall was soft. I never felt a thing. <laughs>